two words with potential to change our perspective, reshape our thoughts, renew our relationships. Two words, not to be withheld, but spoken, often. Because these words have power. Well, good morning again, everyone. It is good to be with you in Lakeville, in Shakopee, online, wherever you are. Uh, we believe the Lord led you here, and we are excited to bring this message to you. I'm grateful to have Jen up here, and we'll get to that in a moment. But first, I want to express gratitude to all of you who turned in your commitment cards for Multiply Our Vision. Over 500 households turned in cards, and, uh, and here's the number committed so far to our Multiply goals for this year. You ready for this? 651,982, that is over halfway to our goal for our Multiply this year, and I am so overwhelmed, inspired, grateful to all of you uh, who have submitted commitment cards, and, and some of you just weren't here last week and you haven't had the opportunity to, let's keep it going and let's accomplish those goals because real lives are waiting to be impacted, people are waiting to be reached, and, and powerless people are waiting to be empowered. So thank you for that. And uh, I want to jump right into this message, this series that we've been in, thank you notes, gratitude. The first week of the series, Pastor Julia uh, gave this great message. You can go back online and watch it if you haven't seen it yet. She talked about the power of gratitude, that uh, gratitude has the power to, to transform our lives. God's behind all of that, of course, but the gratitude that we can have can, can give us a different attitude, an attitude of gratitude. People who are grateful tend to be happier, healthier, live longer lives, better relationships, all those things. And she challenged us to keep a gratitude journal uh, during this series. And many of you are doing that. In fact, one person this past week dropped by 100 gratitude journals that she had printed off just to give away. And so if you, ha if you would like a gratitude journal, I've given them to the prayer ministers. Come on up after the service and, and you can uh, take one home with you. Uh, it's our gift to you or this person's gift to you. Uh, last week, we talked about being grateful for the past that we can be grateful for the past. Even some of those more difficult seasons of life, we can look back and be grateful for how God brought us through. And I challenged you, my pastoral challenge was to write a thank you note to someone from your past, one of those people that you know you would not be who you are, where you are today without that person. I wrote a note to an early mentor in my life named Ron. Ron, it's in the mail, it's coming, all right? Um, and then I ran into someone at a coffee shop this week and she was writing a thank you note. I think she was trying to get some brownie points with the pastor here, but she, she said, uh, I'm writing a note to my mom right now. And she was just so moved by that, thinking about how her mom had shaped her life. This week, we're talking about gratitude for the present. Gratitude for the present. So are you grateful for the present? Are you present in the present right now? I mean, are you, are you present right now? Are you aware of what's going on in this present moment? It kind of has to start there. If we're going to be grateful for the present, we have to be aware. Uh, not thinking about 25 different things that happened yesterday or this, that are happening in a couple of weeks. Are you present right now? I was thinking about this when I was out running the other day. I, I run by the same pond all the time, but I, I don't always notice what's going on in that pond. But I was thinking about this, this idea of being present in the moment, 
And I, I noticed, you know, the reflections on the water and wildlife and, and leaves on the, on the bushes around the pond. I was really grateful for that in the middle of November, you know, like that I could be out running and things are still alive. And, uh, and so we've got to be present in a moment first before we can be grateful, before we can notice the things that there are to be grateful for. Because every moment there are there are things to be grateful for. We just have to stop. We have to slow down. We have to hit the slow-mo button or pause button. I've been thinking about it this way. You can use this phrase if you want to. That I'm trying to, I'm trying to live at the speed of gratitude right now. The speed of gratitude. Which means you have to slow down and stop and notice what's going on around you. And when you do, uh, it, can, it can be transformative. It, it can really change the dynamics in your life and your heart and in your relationships and, and all kinds of ways but here's, so here's what we want to say. Gratitude can transform our present. This present moment can be changed by gratitude each moment. So I'm going to practice that and say, I'm really grateful that you are here, Jen, that we get to be together without kids, especially. It's like a date. It's like a date. It's really anyway. nice. <laughs> With yeah, a lot really of other people. Nice. Good morning, church. I am just delighted to be with you this morning here in Lakeville. I also can see you through that screen, Shakopee, and I say hello to you. I'm so glad to be with you. And I just cannot think of a subject that I would rather spend half an hour chewing on and talking about together than gratitude. You know, we've said it a number of times through this series that gratitude is a force. It is a force. And I would just tell you that I have felt the power of that force in my life as we have been inside of this series together. I, it has felt like gratitude for me over the last few weeks, and there's been a lot going on in our country and stuff, and, you know, and, and in our personal lives, and I just feel like gratitude, one moment at a time, has just lifted my head. It's just continued to lift my head above the waves and remind me how good God is in the midst of all of it. It, it deepens my trust, and when we, when we have gratitude, gratitude, we have trust, and when we have trust, we have peace. And I have just really been thankful for the peace of God in my life as we have pressed into gratitude together. I would also tell you, uh, this weekend, you know, as, as we've been, Ryan and I, focusing on just being grateful in the present, I have just been overwhelmed, I would tell you, with gratitude for this church. Uh, in my life personally. Like, I'm so thankful I get to speak sometimes and sing sometimes, and, and that's just one of the great joys of my life. But I tell you, my gratitude for this church is, is for the times that I've been sitting in the chairs that you're sitting in. Here in Lakeville, there in Shakopee, I can picture the chairs that I have been sitting in when God has just moved in my life and done a work in my life. When he has dug out things that needed to be, to be dug out, when he's helped me to forgive, when he's helped me to celebrate inside of moments and to, to weep when I needed to in times of worship and just to remember who he is. And so I am just so grateful for this church. I would assume that you are too. I'm grateful that God has, has moved in my life here. Yeah, absolutely. So with that, um, I also will confess to you that this is a really busy time of year uh, for our family. In particular, I'm getting ready for the Hosanna Christmas concert. I hope a few of you are planning on attending. I got my dress. It's Merry Christmas Red. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to the concert, but it, it creates a busy time of year for me. And so I, I'm a little bit behind on a few things, including writing my thank you notes. So would you mind if I just took a couple minutes to write a couple thank you notes? You're catching on to this, aren't you? Yeah, you're catching on. Okay. I just have a couple. Uh, these are from my unique vantage point as a woman, as, as a wife, um, and as a mom to young children. I have a couple special thank you notes. 
Tech, could you maybe pull up that music? It's, it's really helpful for writing thank you notes. You ready? Okay. Here we go. Thank you, game of hide and seek, for granting me up to five minutes of alone time while my toddler hunts for me. <laughs> right? Come on, moms. I mean, that's when I check my email. Come on, somebody. <laughs> the only time I got. I'm really good at hiding. I've gotten really good at hiding. All right. And then this thank you note, I would just like to dedicate to a, to a group of people. To a group of people. Here's a thank you note for you. Thank you, husbands, for that amazing trick you do of looking like you're listening when actually you're just sleeping with your eyes open. Were you doing it right now? Maybe. I bet you were. I bet you were. You're really good at that. Thank you. No, thank, thank you. you. <laughs> yeah, I could write some thank you notes from husbands to wives, I think. Um, like, I could talk about the hair and the shower drain. Anybody else? Any other husbands there? Thank you for that. But we have a message to get to, so I'm not going to do that. We do have a message to get to about being grateful uh, for the present. And there are so many ways we could talk about it. It's good to laugh, isn't it? It's good to, good to laugh and be grateful um, for uh, the moment that we were just in. If we just take it in. Uh, what, what do we think about when we think about being grateful for the moment? There are lots of ways we could uh, think about that. But, but there's one thing in our lives that affects our experience of the present more than anything else. There's one thing that, that if we are grateful for this thing, it can, it can transform our present moment. And this thing is not a thing at all, because it's people. People, learning how to be grateful for people in any present moment uh, can radically transform our lives. Uh, the Apostle Paul, he wrote, if you don't already know, he wrote a lot of the New Testament. They were letters originally, inspired by the Holy Spirit. And in those letters, he wrote to early Christian communities that now make up much of the New Testament. He talked a lot about thankfulness, being thankful. We've already seen this verse, Colossians 3.15 says, And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. I'm becoming more and more convinced that there is this connection, Jen was talking about it earlier, between thankfulness and, and peace, gratitude and peace. You want to know more peace in your life? I think we all do. Try gratitude. Try gratitude. Uh, that's part of walking or living at the speed of gratitude, the peace that will come in our lives. Here's another verse from, from Paul in 1 Thessalonians 5.18. It says, be thankful in all circumstances. Everyone say all with me. All circumstances. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. That last part's really important. We've been saying throughout the series that the gratitude we're talking about here is not a surface level, fluffy, you know, just slap a smile on your face kind of gratitude, okay? It's not cheap gratitude. This is a deep gratitude that anchors your soul for those who belong to Jesus Christ no matter what the circumstances are. We can still be thankful that God is with us, that he's carrying us through, that he's taken us through it. But Paul, you see, he talked a lot about gratitude and, and was always writing about thankfulness, but he didn't just talk about it, he practiced it. He practiced what he preached. And we see that in this verse, Philippians 1.3, Paul is writing to the church in Philippi that he helped get going. He said, every time 
I think of you. I give thanks to my God. Every time I think of you, the first thing, now this is right at the beginning of the letter, he, he gives the formal salutation and greeting, but then he says, every time I think of you, that's where I start. That's where I begin my thoughts about you people in Philippi, is gratitude, is gratitude. It doesn't mean that, that he thought the people in Philippi were perfect, because like all people, they weren't. He goes on to talk later about how they need to mature a little bit. They need to grow up. They need to work for unity. They need to deal with some of those external cultural influences that that were pulling them away from, from their relationship with Christ. But he starts with gratitude. The first thing he does when he thinks of these people is he thanks God for them. We can start there too with people. And when we do, it's a game changer. It is a game changer. In fact, here's, here's what we'll, we'll say. We'll add to this statement. Gratitude can transform our present and our relationships if we start. If we start with gratitude when we think of people. If, like Paul, we start there. Say, every time I think of you, when I start thinking about you, I'm grateful. I'm, I'm thanking God. We start with gratitude. The Bible is certainly clear that gratitude is, uh, is good. You know, it's all over the Old Testament as well, in the Proverbs and the Psalms. As a, as a teaching team, we've been sitting with just how profound and simple Psalm 100 is. It'll be familiar to some of you. It says, enter his gates with thanksgiving in your heart. In other words, the, the gateway to the presence of God, the gateway to the God space is through the door of gratitude. And the same is true in our relationships with people. The gateway into the God space in our relationships is through the doorway of gratitude. And it turns out that not only is the Bible right about that, but uh, modern day research into relationships has determined the very same thing. That gratitude in a relationship is really the glue that binds. Gratitude's the glue that binds. That comes up there and you know, that's an easy statement to kind of remember inside of our relationships. You may want to write that down. Gratitude is the glue that binds. In particular, there's a group of scientists out in Seattle at the University of Washington headed up by a man named John Gottman. Some of you may be familiar with him as an author. He started the Relationships Institute, which has been fittingly nicknamed the Love Lab. (laughs) And in the Love Lab, they they study relationships and, and really ask the question, what causes a good relationship to be good? And what causes a sour relationship to go sour? And, of course, there is much involved inside of any relationship. You bring your personality and your past and, you know, two people coming together. That's always complicated. However, there's also some simplicity that can be boiled down, and that's really what they've done at the Love Lab. They've determined what the singular most helpful attribute or characteristic inside of a relationship is to make that relationship healthy. And they've also determined the number one most destructive or caustic uh, attribute of a relationship that would cause it to fall apart, the very fabric of it to fall apart. I'm guessing if you're tracking, you can guess what the number one most helpful thing is. So we'll we'll talk about that in just a minute. But to provide the contrast, just want to talk for a moment about what they have discovered the most destructive element inside of a relationship to be. And it's this word, contempt. Contempt. Now, that's not a word we necessarily sit with very often, and so just to unpack it and and to consider what it feels like, I think we know what it feels like to receive contempt and also to be the one who is, who's pouring it onto someone. Contempt is really the, it's the running tally of criticism 
that we keep over another person. It is fundamentally the belief that I am better than you. I am better than you. I am, I'm smarter than you. I'm more insightful than you. I'm a better parent. I'm a better friend. I'm more organized. I'm more strategic. I do better with my calendar. You know, there's a whole list of things. And now this is very different than, than the healthy exercise inside of a relationship of helping to refine each other's edges and express our needs to one another. This is more of the I live towards you with the belief that I am better than you and, uh, and I make you feel that way. And sometimes it's very overt and sometimes it's very subtle. But Dr. Gottman says that contempt, criticism, is the sulfuric acid of love. Think about that. It's, it, it's as if to say, if you want to kill a relationship quickly, pour contempt over it. Pour criticism over it. And I know that some of you in this room, you know, you're thinking, oh, my relationship's not that way. Hallelujah. There are other people in this room who are thinking, that's exactly what my relationship feels like. And I just want to give you hope today because there is hope because it turns out that gratitude is not only good for you, it is the medicine for contempt. It's the solution to getting out of that cycle is gratitude. So gratitude, by contrast, is the number one healthiest thing to have inside of a relationship. When they study, especially marriages that thrive and last, the consistent factor inside of those marriages is that that marriage has created a culture of gratitude. What does that mean? It means that both of the partners are taking time in present moments, just like we talked about, taking time to notice the things that, that our spouse is doing right, things that our spouse is doing that are really helpful to our lives. Not only taking the time to notice it, but taking the time to express it. At the Relationships Institute, they recommend five times a day inside of a relationship, to build the intentionality of cultivating a culture of gratitude inside of your relationship five times a day to practice expressing gratitude. So I thought we'd take it kind of out of the practical realm, or out of the you know, intellectual realm, and actually bring it into the practical realm and just step inside of a present moment inside of somebody's day, a moment that happens over and over again. For this practical example, we're going to go with the moment when we've got a mama who's been home with kids, and maybe she worked today too, but she's been home with kids, and it's now the moment that the husband walks through the door at the end of the day, okay? Now, I realize in this room, there, that situation is not necessarily happening often. It's the woman who's walking through, and it's the dad who's been with the kids, or maybe you don't have kids, and I get that the situation doesn't work for everyone. We're just going to use it as an example to listen in, inside of a present moment, this woman's view of this moment and this man and just contrast how they feel, okay? So the first one, through the lens of contempt as her husband walks through the door. Well, hello there, finally. Oh, don't worry about taking your shoes off. I'm sure somebody will clean the floors. I hope you enjoyed your 30 minutes of alone time in the car. It must be nice to be able to hear your own thoughts. Oh, I see you didn't get a haircut yet. By the way, uh, I took care of getting the kids flu shots, paying the mortgage, I painted the whole house, while you accomplished getting caught up on your sports pages. Great. Oh, nice of you to offer to help, because it has been a little tricky to brown this taco meat while playing shoots and ladders with our daughter. <laughs> Did you notice I said daughter? Because I only have three sons, so I kind of wanted to practice, just <laughs> see what it felt like. <laughs> See what that felt like coming off my tongue, daughter. It'll never happen. Okay. 
but you get the idea, all right? That's one decision to make. When the husband walks through the door, I'm gonna pour out resentment, I'm gonna pour out frustration, I'm gonna pour out anger, I'm gonna pour out criticism because that feels easier in the moment. But let's try a different narrative. Now, please note, this one is no more or less true, okay? It's, it's probably true we need a haircut. It's probably true we should take his shoes off. But here's a different narrative in the same moment over the same man. Welcome home. I'm so glad to see you. Thank you for getting up at five o'clock this morning and driving in rush hour traffic both ways so that you could be home in time for dinner. Thank you that you're about to go upstairs and exchange that handsome business suit for a coach's uniform. Thank you for shoveling the driveway, for getting the mail, for sending my mom a happy birthday text, and for picking up that loaf of bread for dinner. Thank you for being the kind-hearted, steady, generous, and handsome man that you are. You're welcome. <laughs> it wasn't in the notes, but it seemed right no. to say it. Yeah. <laughs> it is right. It is right. I would say all those things over you. And you do a good job of taking your shoes off. Thank you. But here's the thing. And I cut your hair, so that's up to me. Okay. Now, the thing is, the important question to ask at this moment is which one of those narratives do we want to choose? Not because one or the other is more or less true, but to ask the question, where do those two roads lead? The road of contempt leads to disunity and fighting and resentment and in marriage very often to divorce. So you can choose it if you want to. And it feels easier at the time, especially when you're inside of a stressful situation or season in life. Doesn't it just feel easier to blame the other person? It must be his fault, right? It's easier to do that, but man, where that path leads versus the path of gratitude. When a, when, a, when a pair will choose to cultivate a culture of gratitude, what that leads to is peace and unity and trust and safety and joy because gratitude really is the glue that binds. And so we do very well to thank God every time we think about each other. Yeah. yeah. And the Bible does have a lot to say about contempt, doesn't always use that word, but getting rid of, of bitterness and malice, those things in our heart, and God can help us with that so that we can, every time we think of someone, whoever that someone is, be, be grateful first. And it is good to think about it in marriage. We've been thinking about that in our marriage as we've prepared for this message to start with gratitude. And it does make a difference. It really does. But, but we can think about it in all relationships. Uh, whatever relationships look like in your, in your life. Maybe as a parent with, with kids, it is easy to get frustrated, annoyed, and, and tired of how our kids behave. But, but I've been trying to live at the speed of gratitude and look at those little ones and say, ah, I'm so grateful, first of all, that I have you and, and that you are only going to be this age once and, and so grateful for the, the random but creative stuff that you do and say, right? As, as kids, being grateful to parents, you know, and I know that's not always easy, but, but to be grateful that they provide, that they're there, that they love you. Right? Coworkers, I know we're getting into it here, but you spend a lot of time at work. Those of you who, who work every day, you spend a lot of time there. And what a difference it can make in your heart, in your relationships, in the environment to start with gratitude. Neighbors, and I know there are some of you that have made a pastime out of feuding with your neighbors, all right? I know you're out there, and I would tell you it's a waste of time. Um, not only for your neighbors, but for you, for you. 
What if you started with, with gratitude? Whatever the relationships are, think about how you could start with gratitude. And like, like Jen said, it's medicine. It can be medicine for relationships that, that, are, that are damaged. Now, even, especially over this, this last season with the elections and everything, I've, I've heard from some of you who have said relationships have been strained, have been severed. You know, Facebook and social media hasn't helped all the time. And some of you are talking about relationships that have 20, 30 years and now you're not talking to each other. How could you start with gratitude and come back to those things that you're grateful for? Not that you're frustrated about or the differences or you're appalled at this or that, but to be grateful, to be grateful. Gratitude could change, it's coming up, it could change your Thanksgiving dinner table experience, right? Most of us are going to be sitting around a table with relatives and, and friends. If, by the way, if you don't have a Thanksgiving table to go to, we do have a place for you at Hosanna. And I know Pastor Pat, the Care Ministries team, would love to know that you are invited to come and celebrate Thanksgiving with us here at Hosanna. But wherever your Thanksgiving table is, what if, what if you started with gratitude? We, we all have those people, don't we? I mean, the, the people that show up at, at our Thanksgiving celebrations and you're just like, oh, man. Maybe it's the relative that takes pictures like nonstop. You have one of those? I call it picture abuse, right? It's like, can we just have a moment that's not recorded <laughs> electronically, right? Um, those, those relatives or, or friends that tell the same jokes all the time or they're always talking about how good their dish is that they've brought, you know, which, by the way, you should taste my stuffing. It's good, isn't it, right? Or maybe that person who parks on the lawn every single year or leaves a half-consumed Diet Coke can on the shelf or whatever it is. These are the narratives that we can have. But what if, what if you started with a different narrative? What if you started with gratitude with, with those folks in, in your head privately? But, but maybe there's even a way around the table to, to do an exercise of gratitude, to go around the table and, and fill in the blank with, I'm grateful for you because. Just try it. It will change the atmosphere of your Thanksgiving experience to do that. Because here's the thing. Just stop and think about it. Those people won't be with us forever. Right? Not in this life, at least. Last week I had two uh, people approach me, two women approach me after the services and, and share how their, their elder, elderly aunts had recently passed away. And uh, they were emotional about that, but they were also expressing gratitude for their aunts. One of them, um, her aunt gave her an inheritance, so she was grateful for that. And, and I was grateful, we are grateful, that, that they felt led in the spirit to pass on some of that inheritance to Hosanna and our Multiply Vision here. Really inspiring. But as I was talking to her about her aunt Violet, she talked about how Violet, you know, loved life and loved to travel and loved the Green Bay Packers. I know that some of you don't get excited about that, but it was special for this family. You know, love, it was generous. All this gratitude for her Aunt Violet. And I had this thought later on, don't we often, too often wait to express gratitude until it's too late, you know? You know, we talk about people who have passed, you know, and we're grateful for all their wonderful qualities, but, but why wait? Let's start now. Let's start now with those people. Start with gratitude. Because when we do, it's not just about the people that we will be expressing gratitude to. It will change your heart, your experience of the present moment as we live more and more with gratitude, as we start with gratitude when we think of people. Makes me smile just thinking about it. Yes. 
Well, Hosanna, we are going to give you an opportunity to practice doing this. And I get to tell you about this week's challenge. So you may have noticed there's been a challenge each week of this series. Challenge the first week to write three things down every day that you're you're grateful for. The second week, write a note to someone from your past who's really influenced who you are. This week, we're going to have some fun. Okay, we're going to have some fun. Here's what it's going to look like. On your way out of the worship center doors this morning, you will see baskets filled with post-it notes. And we have already put on those post-it notes, thank you. You get to pick up a packet of 10. They come in packets of 10. And your job, every single person in this room this week, is to get rid of all 10. Now, we want you to use them inside of present moments. So uh, think about uh, maybe it's the barista at the coffee shop or maybe it's the grocery clerk this week. Can you even imagine being a grocery clerk during Thanksgiving week? How How many turkeys you have to pick up? Can we just say thank you to these people? You could write them just a little note and stick it on the counter inside of present moments. Uh, maybe Maybe it's a police officer. Maybe it's a fireman. Maybe it's a kindergarten teacher. They really need a lot of thanks. Not as much as middle school teachers. Give them like five or six of those things, okay? And then, you know, maybe some of you earlier when we're talking about marriage and talking about relationship and you kind of felt like, yeah, we have a lot of contempt inside of our relationship. We said, well, the medicine for that is gratitude. You have total permission to spend all 10 on your spouse. Okay, making up for lost time, thank them for very specific things. Put it on the mirror, put it in the car, put it on the kitchen sink, put it everywhere that they will see it. It will be amazing what that medicine will do to your relationship. And by the way, you know, we've mentioned Facebook a couple times in the last couple months where maybe some sort of nasty stuff's been going on online and you could make up for that, do some healing possibly online by posting a a virtual post-it note of thank you onto somebody's wall just to, to express your gratitude. So we want to have fun with this. I really, I see this vision of this whole town just being plastered with these blue post-it notes of gratitude. I think it'll be a beautiful thing to see, so get on board. Go get your notes after the service today. Okay. Yeah. I can't wait to see those thank you notes all over my mirror at home. That's going to be awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Gratitude. It really does have this transformative power It does in our own lives, in our relationships, but it would be so empty if we didn't close by thinking about the source of that power. So you see, here's why we can be gratitude. Here's why we can be grateful. Here's why we can look at people with gratitude. Because we know as people who belong to Jesus Christ, we know how God looks at us. Do you know how he looks at you? He looks at you as someone worth dying for, as someone worth laying his life down for, as someone worth sending his one and only son for, so that you can know the forgiveness, the acceptance of of God, his unconditional love, the freedom that we can have, the, the fullness of life, and that you can live forever and ever and ever and ever and ever with him. That's the, that's the source of our gratitude is knowing what Jesus, is anyone grateful for what Jesus has done for you? I am so grateful. And when we, when we know that, deep down in our souls, it's like the gratitude just builds up, it bubbles up. Like it, it fills us to overflowing where it starts to pour out into our lives where we begin to see other people as people worth dying for, as people who deserve that unconditional love, who deserve that acceptance and that embrace of people who deserve to have us think about them with gratitude first so that we can all say these words, every time I think of you, whoever the you is for you, I give thanks to my God. 
I give thanks to my God. And we're going to pray as we close out uh, this service uh, for this family as we all think about going to spend Thanksgiving with whoever we're going to spend Thanksgiving with. We're going to pray as a church family, and I'm going to ask Jen to do that. Yeah, let's pray together, church. God, inside of this present moment on a Sunday morning, we pause, we press the pause button to move at the pace of gratitude and to thank you, God, for your goodness in our lives. Every single person in this room represents a story that is backed up by your faithfulness. Indeed, we would not be where we are right now if it was not for your goodness and your faithfulness in our lives. So we pause to say thank you. We also pause to say thank you for the gift of the people that we have in our lives. Just like us, they are not perfect. But God, this week especially, we pray that you would lift our heads, God, to see the beauty in the people around us and to have the courage to express our gratitude toward them. God, we pray that this wave of sticky notes would just blow over this town and and cover it with gratitude. God, we thank you for all that you have done for us, all the ways that you have provided for us and moved in our lives. And all God's people said together, amen. Amen, amen. Would you please stand at both campuses for a closing blessing? Again, want to remind you that uh, there will be those stacks of post-it notes. Let's take those. Let's do this. Let's take the challenge and uh, see how it transforms our lives and and the world around us. I also want to remind you that people are ready to pray with you. We know that the holidays can be a tough time for people. And if that's you, we'd love to pray for you. We'd love to come alongside you. Or for any reason, we we would just uh, be honored to pray with you up front or in the prayer room. And also a reminder here in Lakeville that Pastor Pat and Dewey are going to be in the CLC. And so let's express our gratitude to them as well. But receive this closing blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And all God's people said, amen. God bless you. Happy Thanksgiving.